Chapter Fifteen, Part Three of Angels of the Battlefield. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Angels of the Battlefield by George Barton. Satterley Hospital, Part Three. On the twelfth of April, eighteen seventy-seven sister gonzaga celebrated the occasion of her golden jubilee in the sisterhood on the previous nineteenth of march she had attained her fiftieth year in the community on that day she received the blessing of the holy father pope pius the ninth a gracious act obtained for her at the suggestion of reverend father alizeri c m a saintly man and a faithful missionary who has since gone to his reward bishops priests sisters and laymen vied with one another on this jubilee occasion in showing the reverence and esteem in which they held the simple religious woman who had gone about doing good for so many years ten years later she was recalled to the mother-house at emmitsburg by her superiors who desired to relieve her of her responsibility as the head of such a large institution born to obedience she promptly responded to the order and left the house which had become as a home left friends who had become endeared to her and left orphans who truly regarded her as a mother there was not a murmur from this woman who was being taken away from associations with which she had been lovingly and intimately connected for nearly half a century her philadelphia friends without solicitation and spontaneously and simultaneously addressed petitions to her superiors requesting her return to the scenes of her life's labors in the words of one who loved sister gonzaga heaven was stormed by fervent prayers for the return of the mother of the poor she remained at emmitsburg for sixteen months and at the end of that time returned to philadelphia her homecoming on the twentieth of december eighteen eighty eight was made the occasion of a great demonstration the sisters the orphans the managers of the asylum and a host of friends participated the actual extent of the good done by sister gonzaga is scarcely realized by those who were about her many of her charitable acts have been done quietly even secretly there is one story with almost the pathos of a tragedy in which she was concerned the daughter of an estimable family went astray and the parents in the first violence of their anger and grief turned her out of the house a few months passed and then their sober better judgment coming to the surface they attempted to find and forgive the child they had disowned but they searched in vain and finally almost in despair turned to sister gonzaga she had not the slightest clue to the missing girl but she pledged herself to bring her back in a short time she located the erring one in the insane ward of the philadelphia hospital she was a raving maniac the girl was restored to her remorseful parents and by careful nursing was gradually brought back to reason on another occasion when the sister was missing for an hour or so every day it was discovered that she was in daily attendance on a poor woman who lay ill in a small house in a street nearby although this was entirely foreign to her duties she regularly called and washed and dressed the woman sister gonzaga departed this life on the morning of october eighth eighteen ninety seven in her room in st joseph's orphan asylum in philadelphia 
a piece of crape on top of which was fastened a bit of immaculate white ribbon fluttered from the bell on the door of the asylum on that day to inform the passer-by that this marvellous woman had gone to receive her reward the obsequies of sister gonzaga took place on the morning of tuesday october twelfth on the evening before this event countless numbers took a last farewell of the devoted sister hundreds of women and men kissed her dead face as she lay in her coffin they kissed her hands which held the rosary and about which was twined the broad purple ribbon of her office as superioress some of the women shed tears but the men seemed even more deeply affected on the morning of the funeral the body lay in state it was attired in the habit of the order with a black gown and the white headdress clasped in her hand was a crucifix and rosary and a small roll of paper on which was written the vows that the deceased took when entering upon her work the casket was heavily trimmed in silver and upon the lid was a plate containing this inscription sister mary gonzaga died october eighth eighteen ninety seven aged eighty five years near the top of the lid was a large silver cross with a figure of the crucifixion upon the head of sister gonzaga there reposed a golden-leaved crown that was presented to her when she had been fifty years a sister of charity there was a profusion of floral offerings tastefully arranged about the head of the casket in a prominent place was a cross and crown from the children of mary a society composed of former inmates of st joseph's orphan asylum the body lay in the community room beneath the altar half a hundred sisters of charity were seated along the side of the room the entire apartment was draped in black by ten o'clock when the doors were closed several thousand persons had passed around the casket at length the hearse drew up before the asylum and eight students from st vincent's seminary carried the coffin out to the street a long procession quickly formed and slowly the march to st mary's church was begun the route being down spruce to fourth and up fourth arriving at the church the eight theologians again acted as pallbearers and the casket was carried up the aisle and placed in front of the altar among the mourners were the board of managers of the institution sisters of charity from various houses of the order in philadelphia and other cities sisters of other orders the children of mary composed of those who were formerly inmates of st joseph's orphan asylum numbers of them now mothers of families and the orphans at present at the home in addition to these a large congregation was present which crowded the church solemn requiem mass celebrated by very rev j a hartnett c m of st vincent's seminary germantown who celebrated his first mass at st joseph's asylum chapel rev e o hilterman rector of holy trinity was deacon rev edward quinn c m of baltimore subdeacon and rev john j duffy master of ceremonies mr john f walsh a seminarian was thurifer bishop prendergast who occupied a seat on the gospel side of the altar was attended by the rev james o'reilly of downingtown and rev t b mccormick c m of st vincent de paul's 
the sermon was delivered by rev john scully s j rector of st joseph's who spoke in substance as follows st paul tells us in his first letter to the corinthians that the wisdom of this world is foolishness with god and in order that god may show to us that this is so the same apostle tells us that the base the lowly of this world and the contemptible hath god chosen and the things that are not in order to confound the things that are how true in all ages have been these inspired words of the apostle how true to-day this foolishness this wisdom of the world so foolish in the eyes of god differs in degree and kind in different ages in our age it shows itself in the attempt to divide human philanthropy and brotherly love from religion take the intellect and culture of this great city in which we live and what does it lay down as law except it be that mankind must practise altruism as they call it brotherly love the civic virtue by which alone society among men can be made possible yet not one word about the essential basis which even the modern pagan sees is necessary when talking about our rights they say nothing of the rights of god and when talking of our obligations to one another they say nothing of our obligations to god without which nothing can rest on a solid basis the wisdom of the world is foolishness the lowly are chosen by god to confound the worldly wise in the days of old god raised david from the shepherd of a flock to be the ruler of his people christ chose the poor fishermen to be his apostles he called st vincent de paul from the lowly occupation of a shepherd to be a wonder-worker a marvel a propagator of charity not only in his own days but up to the present time how many millions of dollars are spent in the spirit of modern philanthropy for education in order to raise men up as they think to give men a chance in life because it is divided from religion it falls the late mr vaux said on what was perhaps his last official visit to the penitentiary when i first came here i found the children of the poor and the ignorant now i find my own schoolmates thus are spent millions in charity or rather in almsgiving for it is not worthy to be called charity what is the result it puffs up one with pride and another with envy the reason why the thing is done differently is the motive under the acts of thousands and tens of thousands who have given up their lives to works of charity have you ever heard of a soldier wishing to become a member of a church to which a trained nurse belonged how different when the motive is that of jesus christ it is the experience of thousands who beg to be allowed to die in that religion of the devoted sisters who attended them and it was this that caused a bishop to receive a petition from a remote part of the diocese for a priest to be sent there and a church built he replied that not only was he ignorant that so many catholics were there but that there was even one catholic the answer was there are no catholics here yet but we are men who were attended by the sisters and we want to be of the religion of the sisters the base ignoble and contemptible things of this world has god chosen for his work what is more foolish in the eyes of the world 
what is more despised and held in contempt by the intellectual and the cultured than poverty yet the sisters are bound by vows of poverty to be as poor as christ to live a life of dependence depending on one another for their very food and raiment what more foolish in the eyes of the world than that as the wise man has said they are a parable of reproach looked on with derision what is more foolish more base more spiritless more contemptible than to find women ladies willingly binding themselves not by impulse but by vocation not as mere whim but perpetually to live by rule doing that to which no man ever yet got accustomed to purify their acts to make them meritorious in the sight of god and obedience the world hates and loathes obedience yet our divine lord was obedient even unto death the death of the cross what is the result of all the so-called charity and philanthropy nothing lasting search the hearts of thousands of men women and children who have been benefited by the sisters and you will find there the love of god end of chapter fifteen part three